In the Bush Series and the Truck Series, we will ask him about his career and what he's up to nowadays when he joins us in just a few moments from right now. Plus, we will have our news and notes with a wrap-up of the weekend from Dover and a look ahead to this weekend in Darlington. And we'll have our Ask David segment coming up at the end of today's show. As always, David Starr joins us. David, you are off a fresh weekend at Dover, and uh, you were out there racing on Saturday, got home in time to see the Monday race, but nonetheless, uh, what were your takeaways from your weekend out there? Man, it was a great weekend. Anytime you go to, you know, any race, it's an awesome weekend, and uh, Dover was uh, was incredible, great race. Unfortunately, uh, it was, the week started off great, man. I got an invitation from Brett Baer to go to the Children's Hospital in Washington, D.C. and visit with the kids and took our uh, Ticket Smarter Children's Hospital uh, Ford Mustang there. And, man, that's always just uh, something really special to see these kids from all over the world that come over to the Children's Hospital there in Washington and get the care. They just love NASCAR there. and. The staff and the uh, surgeons, the surgeons and the nurses are incredible. And uh, man, what a great experience that was! And didn't, didn't get to leave there and go over to the Dover, Delaware, and uh, uh, race was just an awesome weekend. Unfortunately, uh, we ended up in a crash. We finished the race, but we was about ten laps down. Uh, man, I tell you, our our uh, children's hospital. Uh, Ford Mustang was fast. I believe we qualified 26, 27th. And, uh, but man, when they dropped a green flag, I think I passed seven or eight cars. Uh, our car was really, really uh, good. And uh, after about 10 laps, it went pretty tight on us. And then, uh, and then the driver screwed up. <laughs> well, I, you know, my spotter, uh, we got pretty tight. It's like somebody flipped a light, a light switch on and it just got real tight on us. And uh, somebody had just passed four or five laps prior to that, got up on the outside of us. And, you know, any racetracks where you can run in the middle and up high, you always, when you come off the corner, you're running on the bottom, you know, you got your spotters got to let you know, hey, outside, you know. And uh, at the last minute, my spotter said, hey, outside. And I don't, I don't think I hurt him and I came up and I wrecked myself, but, uh, but man, it was just uh, disappointing because we had such a good car and unfortunately the driver made an error <laughs> it happens. And, uh, but man, it was a great race. And then, uh, and then the cup race ended up being Monday yesterday and it was pretty awesome as well. Yeah, that's great. So uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment, but we'll bring in Dominic Aragon in just a moment from right now. Before we do, let's go racing with David Stars, presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang, and we want, a little, want to tell you a little bit about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Series race throughout the season by visiting TicketSmarter.com. It's TicketSmarter.com. Dominic Aragon joins us right now. Don, how was uh, your weekend? What were your takeaways from uh, Chase Elliott's win on Sunday? Or Monday? weekend. You're right. Well, race did get pushed back to Monday. We got to see the opening 80 laps on Sunday. But, yeah, Chase Elliott coming away with the victory. Hey, 
Go back and check the tapes, guys. I got a prediction right. I finally got a cup winner right in 2022. <laughs> I did say Chase Elliott would get that first win and first on an oval in 2020, and that proved to be true. But more importantly, 14th career win. He's now the fourth and final driver, Hendrick, to win this season. So all the Hendrick boys have won a race. It's now a matter of who's going to seed higher and whatnot come playoff time. But he is the points leader leaving Dover and showed how strong he could be on the Monday race. Yeah, and uh, with Chase Elliott leading the points, getting this win, and we've seen so far this year, uh, you know, William Byron's got two wins. Kyle, Kyle Larson's the defending champ. Alex Bowman has raced pretty well. David, of those different cars, who's the top dog right now? Who's the, the best the, the, the best favorite of those four, you think, at, at this point in time? Man, you can't uh, count out the current champion. You know what I mean? That's Kyle Larson, you know, even though uh, – he struggled a little bit here at Dover. I think he might have had a right rear tire go down, but he, he uh, spun off turn four, came back, rebounded, and had a decent finish. But uh, but you you can't count, you can't ever count Kyle Larson out. And uh, man, just the whole organization, Hendrick Motorsports, is just uh, you know to to answer that question. It's hard to answer that question, but you know that you'll see a uh, Hendrick Motorsports car when it comes down to the final four, I believe, in Phoenix at the end of the year. Yeah, I think so too, Dominic. Uh... Let me ask you, uh, when you look at that race, it seemed like the Kyle Busch had the best car, that he was in position to win, but bad timing on that caution there. Uh, did the did the best car win on Sunday, on, on Monday, rather, or was, uh, or was Kyle Busch uh, robbed of a victory of sorts? I think you could certainly make that argument. We've seen this classic theme with the next-gen car this year, 11 races in, what, nine of the races, comers and goers. We certainly saw that between Sunday and Monday's race. Ross Chastain looking strong early on. Kyle Busch leading the most laps but not taking the win. Chase Elliott ultimately coming away the victor. But, yes, I think you can make the argument Kyle Busch looked like the class of the field, but, hey, there were 400 laps. He didn't cross the line first after lap 400. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, nonetheless, uh, it's uh, Chase Elliott who gets the win uh, this past weekend there at Dover. We'll look at it at Darlington coming up later on in the show. Before we do, though – Dominic, go ahead and tell us about our next guest. Yes, our next guest. He is somebody who is a veteran of the NASCAR Xfinity and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Three wins in the Truck Series for Jeff Bodine Racing in 1996. Raced across those two series in the 90s and even qualified a cup car at Sonoma in 96 for Jeff Bodine. None other than Dave Resendiz. Dave, thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Go Racing. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Dave, one of our favorite things to do at the beginning of the show. We love having our guests take it back to the beginning. So take us back to the beginning. We know you're from Massachusetts. How did you get your start in racing? And where did all that come from, the interest to be a part of racing in the first place? Well, honestly, I uh, I used to like racing up and down cornfields. <laughs> <laughs> Going fast. So, uh, and I had some family members, uh, mostly my cousin Tom, who's uh, no longer with us, but he, he was in the racing pretty hard. Uh, he put a bug in my ear, and then, of course, you know, my oldest brother was uh, a cheerleader for me. He got some money from Dad, and, you know, we we actually bought an old car from Bug Stevens, and um, who was, you know, uh, a modified legend, and uh, got racing at Seekonk, just started, you know, we just pulled in some friends. Hey, who, who wants to go racing? You know, all right, I'll take the tires on and off. Another guy was, you know... Just it just a bunch of friends got together and we started racing that way and um, 
we did a we did a few years at Seekonk, and then you know we bought some uh, Troyer cars and started modified racing uh, in the Northeast. And it was it was it was exciting, fun, a lot of you know sleepless nights, and but it was a ball. It was a ball to get started that way, you know, before I moved down south. Absolutely. At what age did you realize for the first time, maybe, hey, I could possibly make a career out of racing? Um, I don't know that I, it, it might have been a dream of mine, but to, to really just think about it, it was just, you would, it was just so intense and took up so much time. You were just trying to do the week to week thing. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years in the modifieds, uh, then yes, uh, gee, how old was I then? Um, <laughs> You know, my late 20s, early 30s, uh, I think we ended up moving down to Charlotte and renting a shop and, and running the Bush Series. Uh, so at that point, I said, well, I guess, you know, something could really happen when we moved down there in 89. Um, and it, it just, you know, just trying <clears throat> to things, trying to find the right, you know, the right combination, the, the right crew chief, the right, um, you know, chassis and and engine builders, uh, especially, you know, somebody coming from the Northeast, uh, sure, there's a lot of racing up here, but when you go South, it's, uh, it's a whole group of guys. And uh, I think that's important that you, you try to get connected with the, the people who've been doing it forever. You know, uh, we used to run on the clay, the back roads, you know, and they know the ins and outs of it. Uh, Dow Bryant was my crew chief there for a while. And uh, he's, he certainly knew ins and outs. You know, I think he was a crew chief for Rusty Wallace in his rookie year, I think. Um, so we tried and, uh, you know, we had some success. And then the truck series came along and um, I was lucky enough to get hooked up with Jeff Bodine. And um, that really uh, made me feel like I was getting somewhere. Yeah, Dave, that's amazing. I mean, just to... Jeff Bodine and 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 at the time when you when you started driving for Jeff Bodine, I mean he was uh, I mean he was like the Jeff, Jeff Gordon of the ninety, you know the, of the, you know the superstar of the sport, you know the, Jeff Bodine, Dale Earnhardt, man that 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 man that was a tough rivalry there, and uh, and at the time that you started driving for Jeff, man that that was a big deal, uh, you know oh. to have. That, that was amazing. Were y'all friends before? Did you get a phone call? How did all that No, I, I think, you know, he just, uh, because I was also from the Northeast and, um, you know, I ran the Modifieds and stuff and we had met and I don't know, I passed. What it was is um, we had a shop right there behind Charlotte Motor Speedway uh -huh. and my neighbor was Alan Kowicki. Oh, wow. Um, so I was there, you know, with, when he won his championship. His, he was, he was quite, he was an extremely smart guy. Uh, and he knew how to make a dollar go a long ways. <laughs> and um, I used to see his equipment and I was amazed. Um, you know, it, he would, he would put different combinations together. Uh, it, but, you know, say, I, I remember a transmission he had, it had, three sets of ears instead of you know just a regular four it had three up one side and so he he had it because i guess he got a, a deal on a bell housing that had a different bolt pattern so he could <laughs> use that transmission with that 
that engine, that, you know, Bellhausen, and then he could put it on another one. He could make things work. And um, what was inside the tranny was all great stuff. I mean, he, he was just so smart, that man. And we were, I used to have actually some equipment that was a little better than his. His guys <laughs> would walk across the parking lot. Um, like a bead roller. I had an electric bead roller, you know, if you, if you ever did any sheet metal work, um, you put beads in the sheet metal to make it stronger, you know, and his guys would come walking over and just use my stuff. I just said, don't even ask, just come, it's right there, just use it. And I got to be pretty friendly with all his crew members. And they were just a regular bunch of guys and everybody just worked hard and was friendly and, and you know, after... Um, Alan's, uh, you know, mishaps and his passing, Jeff ended up buying his building. So, you know, we were neighbors and things got going and he, we just sat down and talked. So he gave me a great opportunity. He was just a really good person. And uh, yeah, that, it was just, again, being in the right place at the right time. Well, I, I want to say, um, you know, I've been doing this 24 years and, and, Jeff Bodine just doesn't walk over or have a meeting with you if you don't have any type of talent. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? No, I, there, was yeah, some no, talent, there was some talent and skill involved, you know what I mean? I don't believe. Well, in, in yeah, I mean, you know, he probably seen me around a little bit. But, I mean, yeah. you know, he gave me a great opportunity. He really um, just the kind of guy he is, you know. Um, it really, it was just, it just seemed that simple. And I was just amazed that, uh, okay, Jeff, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll drive your truck for you. And um, so we, we made a deal and I mean, it just, it just was kind of almost that simple, honestly. And, and, and I was really, at first I was a little in shock that, you know, uh, that he was that friendly and that good hearted. Um, Especially, yeah, from, you know, you, you hear things and, you know, this and that. And he was an unbelievable um, competitor, you know. Um, but what a nice guy outside the car, you know what I'm saying? That's, man, that's, that's amazing. What a, what, a, what a great story, man. You was right in the middle of it. The buddies with Alan Kowicki and his team. And, and man, they, you know, you think of uh, Alan Kowicki, you know, cup champion, team owner, and, uh, man, they're walking across the street to Dave's shop using his electric B-roller and, and borrowing some other equipment. That's that's pretty cool. And then, you know, under unfortunate circumstances and having Jeff Bodine buy the shop and all that, I mean, man, what you was right in the middle of, of, of all of it. That's uh, Man, that is just a cool story, you know. How long, hey, Dave, I, I, I didn't even know you drove. I forgot that you drove for Jeff Bodine, but how, how long did uh, you drive for Jeff? Uh, I think it was the end of 95. I think it was very limited in 95. Right. Um, and then 96 was uh, QVC. I, 95 was Exide. Right. Uh, and then 96 was um, QVC, which was the whole year. And uh, I think it, uh, we lost a sponsorship in uh, 97, and I ended up driving um, Tom Gloy's truck, uh, the Ice House. Yeah. Uh, I also um, drove a Chevy for uh, Ortho uh, for a limited time. Um, so, and I bounced around, and I got to, I got to run a few more races. Um, 
I think we were in uh, Texas. I'm trying to think how that worked out. Um, Mike Skinner's team, right? Uh, I'm trying to think exactly who that was, and it could have been. Um, all I know is, um, well, you know, you kind of get a sore spot when you let go circumstances that you don't believe with your, your cause, you know. Um, and then I, I, I'm saying that because I went to Texas and uh, I ran that truck. And all I want to do is pass the, the, the truck that I had got let go from, which I did. <laughs> did you do it? Like, oh, yeah. Like he was, <laughs> he was tied to a pole. Um, and then I remember going and testing. Um, also, also, another thing that worked out. And you know, I'm not uh, not the you know your revenge thing. But just say, hey, you know, it wasn't me. Okay, Absolutely, you, yeah. You let you let go of the wrong guy. Uh, yeah. So they, I go, figured, they figure that out not too yeah, far. Well, yeah. I went to Martinsville to test for uh, Rick Corelli. I uh, know Rich Bickle. Right. Rich, Rich Bickle. Uh, that was um, diehard. That was uh, Dow Waltrip's truck yeah, team. Yeah, Waltrip's, yeah. So they called me up to go test because I had, I didn't have a ride. So they, I went and test two days. That was a that was a pleasure. His um, his his crew, the guys working on that truck. Uh, we had two trucks there, and the what what they did, they fixed everything I asked them to fix. Wow! And um, it was like. And they worked their butts off, let me tell you. But two, two of the three, and that's when they started coming out with the Brembo brakes. You know, a lot of people started getting on the Brembo brakes. Yeah, absolutely. Them? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they were worth a tenth and a half at Martinsville. And a tenth and a half. A tenth that's and a lot. half. Yeah. Brakes, yeah. good brakes. Just, just the brakes. Yeah. Uh, I jumped in, well, they had, to, they had to put truck one and truck two because... I got in the old truck, the, the truck without the Brembo brakes. Right. We were running pretty good. So they wanted to make some shock adjustments. So that I got in the other truck and I went down to the corner and I like, I stopped like two trucks early. I'm like, what the heck's this? And they're like, oh, that's got, Brem that's got Brembo's on it. So I'm like, no kidding. Okay, I like that. So, you know, I was always a, a late breaker. So... I drove it on in there and it's like, hmm, all right, I think I like this. Uh -huh. Well, they want to make some adjustments. So I was jumping from truck to truck. So I got in the, the original truck and I almost w drove it into the wall. <laughs> and they're like, hey, that, that's not the truck with the Brembo's on it. Like, oh, okay. So we had to put a number on the truck. Yeah. So I would know. And they kept saying, this, this one has the Brembo's, that one doesn't. Because I almost crashed the damn thing. Yeah. Right. Ain't that amazing a team? I mean, to to test for a team for two days and everything you ask them to do, they did it. And uh, the difference of one truck to the other and, and the new stuff that they had and didn't have on one truck. I mean, that, that's an eye opener, isn't it, Dave? Did you get to drive for Die Hard? Did you, did you ever get the No, racing? no. Rich, uh, Rich was actually had appendicitis. So he ended up showing up. Um, at the very end to test, uh, just take it for a couple of laps. But right. he said, um, and the, the truck was really good. Um, <laughs> and he was able to get it and they were able to, it was still a little bit tight, but I didn't, you know, I just never had been able to do that to say, okay, tweak it just a little more, which he told them 
hey, loosen it up a little bit more, and it never got too loose. You know what I'm right. saying? It, just, yeah. it was incredible. I'm I'm very good at Martinsville. I ran there a lot, and, and that place you got to drive it in the corner. Absolutely. Um, so David, so, let, let me ask you this: uh, of the things that went on in your career, what are you most proud of? What was your uh, biggest achievement in your eyes? Well, learning how to win races uh, down at Homestead, thanks to Jeff. Um, that was a, uh, the, the chassis, the, the front end on that truck was Jeff's design. Okay. And um, it took a little bit of work, but we got it. It was it, it just, that thing wanted to turn left just sitting there. Uh, <laughs> and we, were, we worked pretty hard. The Homestead was flat. It's a lot different now. It was very flat get into the corner, you run a little short shoot and, uh, and, and back into another corner onto the straightaway. Um, and Jeff also ran that race. So you beat, did you beat the boss? Um, I did because, you know, he took, <laughs> he, he took off. Um, he took off early in the race and uh, him and Skinner were going at it. Okay. All right. And, you know, Jeff doesn't take any... <laughs> any baloney from anybody and skin is a you know he's a he's a hard driver so oh, yeah. they ended up crashing <laughs> so uh, jeff came on the radio says hey i took care of some of, some of your problems out here i'll go win the race so which i did uh we we ended up and and the say the reason i say uh, i learned how to win races because you got to be there at the end <clears throat> absolutely you know, like, like anything you got to be there at the end and one thing that happened to me there, which has happened to me a few times, I get comfortable. If you got a good truck, good car, you get too comfortable. I don't want to say I fall asleep, but I get very comfortable. So <laughs> I get so comfortable, I come out of turn four and I hit the wall. Right? <laughs> I wasn't even, I wasn't even racing anybody. I just was just relaxed. Wow. And uh, I came out and hit the wall pretty hard. And uh, I bent my seat. I hit it so hard. You bent your seat? I bent the seat. Um, that's before, yeah, that's before we had, uh, yeah. you know, the seats got better and better. Absolutely. And Jeff actually came up um, with a piece of fiberglass for your shoulders. You know, they're all shoulder seats now. Right. And he had the idea, hey, a piece of fiberglass, if it gives, it'll come back. Where, you know, metal will just bend and stay bent. So... I don't think we had that fiberglass on there. Otherwise, it wouldn't have stayed bent because I felt that seat open up. Right. So, now, so what do you do now? You take it easy, right? <laughs> so I took it easy. And um, I was there at the end. And, and you know, I was in the top five most of the day. And then I at the, towards the end, I got out in front and I was walking the dog. Um, late in the race, that... Uh, here comes, you know, Ron Hornaday, Jack Sprague, right? Oh, yeah. So they're behind me. I'm still, I, I still got control. Last, last lap, I'm looking across. I, I go into one, and I'm looking across the track coming out of two lap truck. And um, I, had to, I had to check up coming out of two. Right. And I knew Hornaday's going to be right there. So, um <clears throat> He was on my inside, and Ron, you know, he likes to lean on people. So, <laughs> so I could, and because I'm a late breaker, I had no trouble. Um, 
I, I thinking the whole back stretch, I'm thinking about what I got to do. And I took him in that turn three as deep as I could. And I put both feet on the brake and he went sailing by me and he hit the wall because he was going to lean on me. I was going to be his cushion. Yeah. Well, I wasn't there and he just <laughs> drove on in with me. I drew, and I drove underneath him and there's Sprague now. Sprague wow. wants to come play. And um, I just took Sprague way down inside, come, going down the front stretch and ended up winning the race. But uh, yeah, that was, you know, you, it was nice to get that first one. And then it, the rest of them, you know, they come easy and they seem to come easy. Sure. And we, we won at, um, I think we won at St. Louis. Um, mm -hmm. No, Louisville, yeah. And um, yeah. we won the road course, too, out in um, California. So that's, that's a cool story, though, Dave. I mean, man, to have a truck that good that y'all designed the clip and, and uh, I mean, to have your boss out there racing with you and him take out some of the competition, then get on the radio and tell you, hey, I, you know, I mean, it's a, boy, I mean that's, that's a, that, that just don't really happen, really. No. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good stuff. And hell to have Hornaday charge in there and try to have eight tires to, yeah, you know, have eight tires instead of four. And then you tricked him because you locked the truck up and stopped it. He went on and hit the wall. You drove on to win. That, man, what a story, man. That's that's pretty awesome. And yeah. was, those were some good times, wasn't they? Oh, yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, you know, and Jeff pretty much let us do whatever we wanted in that shop. Um, right. I had some pretty good people. And um, we just, it was no stars, you know what I'm saying? We were all stars, but we, we just all pulled together. You know, we all worked hard, and we all just went in the same direction. Um, Y'all were a team. Yeah, yeah. It, it was great. It was really good. So tell me this, Dave. What are you up to nowadays uh, up there in uh, Massachusetts? Well, just, uh, you know, my dad's had this business going for some 60-plus years. Wow. Um, I have two brothers, two sisters. Um, I'm the middle child, if you could figure that one out, right? But um, we, uh, no, we're all in it. I mean, my dad can't be any happier that, you know, that we're all working in the business and uh, we all work hard. We all do our job. Everybody's got their job to do. Um, it, it's good. It's good, especially, you know, to be able to say, you know, and my dad's going to be awful proud because uh, 60 plus years and all his children working with him, and it's just good. It's a, it's a good business. We do construction. We do everything from the ground down. We don't do any buildings, but we do all the pipes and um, foundation. Uh, we dig foundations and backfill, and we, we do a pretty good job. So. Man, that's, that's wonderful. I, uh, man, when I was just coming into NASCAR and going to races and just, you know, I was a I want to be, and uh, man, Dave Resendez. I mean, I was—you were just—you're one of the top guys, man. I remember watching you on TV, watching you live. You had fast trucks. You were just one of the superstars, you know. Sprague, Resendez, Hornaday, Miller—you know all the different characters and drivers then. Uh, but man, it was—it uh, was cool. I think my first year, 1998, might have been your last year or second to last, you know. But. Uh, it was cool to watch you race there for a long time in the truck series, you know, and uh, 
that's pretty. I never really realized that you'd race for Jeff Bodine as long as you did, man. That's, uh, you know, uh, not many people get to do what Dave Rosenda's got to do to race in NASCAR at the top level, especially for one of the superstars of the sport, you know, Jeff Bodine. I mean, I mean, hell, I think, and Dom, Dom's, you know, really close to Jeff these days, but I think he was, you know, ranked one of the top 50 drivers of all time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ranked in 98 when NASCAR released the list. They had a different voting panel. I, I think media members of the industry were involved with that. And Jeff was named one of the, the 50 greatest drivers in NASCAR history. So I, he even says to this day, I mean, what a cool honor to be a part of that. And he had no idea he was going to be honored and was very thankful for the people that did vote him on that. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. Well, well, Dave, man, do you, uh, you know, when you, when you, I don't know if you call it when you retired or I don't know how you say that or if you ever even say that, you know, when you stop racing in NASCAR, uh, you know, was that your choice or just the circumstances of everything, the sport was changing or, uh, you know, did you, did you, did you step out your way or did it, did it, uh, how did all that uh, play out? Well, I, like I say, it's, uh, I guess a little of both. Um, you know, I did have some opportunities. I did try to continue uh, after the QVC ride. I did have a couple of the rides. Um, Ray Bestis, um, there, was, there was a chance there. It didn't work. Uh, it just, there weren't, for me, I wasn't able to get in something that I really, you know, wanted to sink my teeth in. And of course, uh, and, and maybe, you know, having um, the time and also, like I say, time is everything. The passing of my mother the year before, you know, kind of made me focus a little bit on the family that was all up in Massachusetts and I wasn't. Um, so maybe that made me a little bit homesick too. Um, so after spending a little time um, up there, I, get, I guess it just, you know, it just, the thing of not having a steady ride and then the family, you know, uh, really coming to the forefront and, and considering that and saying, gee, you know, maybe that's what I want to do is, right. is, is focus on family. So well, to me, it just says what a great, great man you are. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to, I mean, I can't, I mean, it's just hard to fathom, you know, losing a parent, dad, mom, whatever. That's, that's just challenging. And, and, you know, and, and, and uh, after that unfortunate thing that happened and then, and then, you know, giving up the love of your life, which is auto racing, go back home and take care of the family, work in the family business, man. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. That's, it says a lot about you, who you are as, as, as a man, your character. So that's pretty neat. Dave, uh, last thing before we uh, move on to our, our other segments here, uh, I want to ask you, uh, is there any itch for you to, to get back involved in racing of some sorts, <laughs> whether that's on the track or, or you know, with, with a team or anything like that? Is there in, any way uh, from you, any interest you have in getting back in it at all? Um, to get back behind the wheel, definitely not. I mean, you know, I'm 62. Uh and there is a, some people still racing at 62, but uh, to be out of it so long, no. Every day here in the Not for myself. Um, no, I've got a friend uh, who used to help me on the Modified. Uh, 
Joe Souza and his son Connor is uh, doing pretty well. They run a truck series up here, he ran some legends. Uh, he's going to be going down um, south and running a late model, I believe. They just bought a late model. Uh, he's got, he started out in go-karts. Uh, the, the kids got like, I think he's got like 50 wins. Um, wow. He just, uh, yeah, uh, he, he raced. Like I say, he started in go-karts. He really did something. He, I think they did bandoleros, and he's he's tried everything, everything. And he's a good boy, so, and he's, uh, he listens to dad, and, and, and he watches what he says. His grades are going to be good, and um, if he doesn't do well in school, he doesn't race. So the, he listens. He listens. That's something you got to do, you know, and I, I wasn't much on the listening part. And... Uh, <laughs> So uh, he's a good boy, and I think I think um, eh, it looks like I'm going to be uh, semi-retiring in the next couple of years. So uh, I might I might be trying to help him. Um, like I say, I've known his uh, Joe for a long time, and he's a good guy. Uh, so I think I can do him some good just from what I have for uh, you know experience being around here and there and. I think I'm going to help him a little bit. Well, if he's a smart kid, uh, you know, to have a legend veteran like you, and uh, you know, if he's smart and he's everything we hear you talking about him, he'll uh, he'll embrace. I mean, not everybody gets to have a former, you know, Xfinity Bush Truck Series winner, uh, you know, as a mentor. I think that's uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, you know, not everybody has that opportunity, and and. Uh, be kind of cool to see that work out, you know what I mean? To, to lend all that experience and knowledge that you have into maybe a, an up-and-comer that might, you know, that might turn out to be another Dave Resendez, you know what I mean? So it'd be, be kind of cool to kind of keep up with that. Yeah. Well, that would certainly be fun to see, see what I, you know, to take what I've learned and to help somebody else with that just a little bit. I mean, he has a lot of talent. Yeah. He has a lot of drive and, um, but he does, he does listen. He does listen, so that, that, that's a biggie. So, Dave, I got one question for you. Uh, when he's out front leading, <laughs> would you tell him, hey, don't get too relaxed? <laughs> uh, 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 the circum you got to see the circumstances. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty awesome, man. You were so comfortable. The truck was so good that you just kind of relaxed, and then you, I it's, guess, it, bouncing off the wall woke you up. <laughs> well, it did. It, a, it's happened. Honestly, it, it happened to me more than once. It happened at South Boston, too. Wow. Um, and it, it is too bad because it hurt my chances of winning that race. Because, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, they, they made a lightweight quick change rear end. And uh, we were running one that night. Right. And uh, we ended up losing the rear end. I think Chuck Bound won that race. Wow, Chuck Bound, man. Wow. He, I was following him, and it was like anytime he'd come up on traffic, I, I had three, four cars between us, and right. I could just close the gap in one lap. So That's amazing. We, we had an awesome car. And um, but you said you, you drove in the corner deeper than most, so <laughs> you probably call him on just one entry. <laughs> no, it just, I had, you know, I didn't always have a lot of power. Yeah. You know, um, 
I didn't always have the best engines. I had some pretty good engines, but um, so the only way to catch somebody, I'd have to drive in a little bit. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> so, wow. That's cool. That's great. Uh, guys, before we get to our Ask David segment here, uh, we want to tell you more about Ticket Smarter. Let's Go Racing with David Starr is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won in 2004. They'll also be representing the uh, presenting sponsor of the cup race at WWT in June. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committed to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Go to TicketSmarter.com to find, to find tickets to upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com for more information. Time to head it off to Dominic Oregon for this week's NASCAR news and notes. Dom, where are we going to start this week? Well, we're going to start with the plot thickening at Joe Gibbs Racing. Fox Sports is the first report that Martin Truex Jr. is going to be making a decision here pretty soon on his 2023 racing plans. Last week, we first reported that Kyle Busch is questionable on his return to Joe Gibbs Racing. He's been there since 2008. Martin Truex Jr. was absorbed after the demise of Furniture Racing. Or not demise, but the close down of the Furniture Racing team in 2018. Truex has raced for Gibbs since 2019 and is the 2017 champ. So, guys, Four-car stable. We know Christopher Bell and Danny Hamlin seem to be safe. But the two past champions are uncertain of the rights for 2023. Uh, wow, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, Martin Truex, now you're starting to make me feel old, Dom, because he's one of the guys that, as somebody that is only 25 years old, I have watched Martin's entire career from start to finish in Cup. He can't be retiring at this point already, David. No way. Man, he's way too young to retire. But, you know, hey, I I don't know the, the the next gen car circumstances, you know, sponsorship. You don't know what is. I, I don't know. I think if Martin Truex Jr. wanted to race another 10 years, he probably could. Uh, you know, he's, he's won championships, won a lot of races. So, you know, you never really know what, you know, people's goals and what their aspirations are. You know, once you win a cup champion and once you are a cup champion, you got so many wins you know, sometimes people want to go do other things in their lifetime. They want to travel and, and you know, I, you know, it's like Dave was saying earlier, you know, the, the week to week and the commitment and, you know, that it takes to, to be a NASCAR driver and now the sponsor commitments. And I mean, it's a lot, you know what I mean? So uh, I would be surprised to see Mark Truex Jr. retire out of our sport because he is so young and so still so talented. I think the guy could you know, be a superstar for 10 or 15 more years in our sport, you know? And uh, so, but man, you, you never know what, you know, where somebody's, you know, what they're, what they're, you know, you never know where somebody's at, where they're at in their career, what they want to do. You know, so. Dom, I'm not ready for Martin to retire, not only because of his age, but I feel like those first few years of his career were so wasted. Here he was, such a talented race car driver, but Earnhardt Ganassi racing at the time was such a mess. Michael Waltrip racing was a mess. Furniture Road took a while to really get going with him and such. And he was just in bad, in bad situations after another. If he would have started his career with Joe Gibbs racing, I think we would be talking about him in a totally different light than what we do. I agree with that. I think I had him pegged wrong. I can't speak for all of you guys, but 
I think early on in his career, I think, okay, Truex is that good 10th to 15th place racer. And he had that breakout year in 2015 of Furniture Row. I thought, oh, great. That's a one-year deal that he's going to run that well. I was wrong. I had Truex pegged wrong. Very talented. He just needed the right equipment to really expose how truly talented he is behind the wheel. You're right, Tyler. I, I don't think having the equipment that he's had across his career, we, we've only gotten to see prime Truex the last five years and how well he can really be. It'd be a shame to see him walk away while he's still competitive. Yeah. Uh, Dave, uh, what, what do you think of uh, Martin Truex here? You think he should uh, step away here? Well, like David was saying, I mean, it, it all depends what's going on in, I mean, in his life and uh, what he's looking at to be uh, really the most important thing for him. Um, like for me, when I did it, it was my family. Um, I'm thinking now what I want to do before I get too old is go ahead and sit in a shop and build some hot rods. That's what I want to do. Uh, so, and then maybe he, he has other aspirations too. I mean, maybe he wants to be a hands-on guy. Maybe he's got something in mind. Uh, maybe you guys need to ask him. Absolutely. Yeah, well, and, and we know, of course, about uh, his uh, his partner, Sherry Pollux, and what all she's been through and such. And so uh, you know, hopefully we see uh, Martin for uh, many years to come. Even if he steps away from the race car, hopefully he's still around a bit uh, as far as that goes. Dominic, what else we got going on? Man, okay, I'll tell you what, I can die happy now, right? They always say some of the biggest mysteries in life get revealed at some point. And I don't know about you guys, and Dave – Dave Starr, I know you've been following this one. You're very big historian with the sport. The saga of NASCAR's D.B. Cooper, Al W. Wright. We finally have an idea of what happened with Al W. Wright. So if you're not familiar with the story, the legend goes that Al W. Wright bought his way into a NASCAR Talladega Cup race in 1982. Nobody knew who this guy was. Had a PR stunt, had some checks, ended up buying a car from Sterling Marlin. And to make a long story even longer, only ran a few laps. Parked the car because NASCAR told me he was running too slow. And by the time people wanted to come collect the money, he was gone. But this week, it was revealed that Al W. Wright has been located. Rick Houston, who runs the Scene Vault podcast, revealed that he was able to track down Al W. Wright and speak with him. So after years, and this is coming from the podcast itself and from ESPN.com, quote, after years of efforts from journalists to find Wright, he was finally located by another longtime motorsports writer. Wright finally tells his story. On an agreed-upon date in mid-April, Houston was ushered to an undisclosed location where Wright, who is now 73 years old, was waiting. Houston was understandably skeptical about meeting a man who has worked very diligently for nearly half a century to elude anyone from the NASCAR community. But because of that, the writer was very thorough about positivity and identifying Wright. So, yeah, 40 years ago, this guy snuck into a cup race, and now we know who the man is. David Starr, I mean, is this something you're familiar with, the story with L.W. Wright and the Talladega race? For years, for years, I mean, I've, I've been reading and, I, and, and I've been reading stories about Mr. Wright and, uh, you know, and how Sterling, you know, he, he had all this money, wrote hot checks. I mean, I, I mean, I, I've read about it over the years, over the last 15, I don't know, 18 years, different times and people bring it up. And uh, man, I, I saw something yesterday about it and I'm like, man, I got to I got to tune into this stuff, but I've been so busy since I got back from Dover, I hadn't had a chance. So, but I can't wait to go to a podcast or see this broadcast because, man, I I want to hear the story. You know what I mean? There's it's uh this guy, you know how he was able how he was able to get NASCAR to approve him to run at Talladega and racing at Talladega. Dave will tell you that it's really not that hard. 
uh, because like driving on a highway, but you know, when you're in the, in the draft, I mean, it's pretty intense, you know, but I don't think he was ever part of the draft in that race. And uh, I don't think he could keep up in the draft and he was struggling and they, and I guess his, he was driving, so racing around Talladega so slow, they asked him to get off the racetrack and he disappeared and his checks bounced everywhere. It was just a crazy story that I read about for years. So kind of interesting. The mystery is solved and I can't wait to see the interview and learn a little bit more about it. Hey, Dave, have you, have you heard anything about this crazy story? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't, but. Uh, I heard a lot about uh, being in racing. I heard about uh, stories like that. <laughs> People just wanting to keep racing, you know. They go buy tires and they're like uh, trying to wear them out before they came looking for them. So. <laughs> the, the craziest part for me, Dom, with that story is in, in the mystery behind it that it took 40 years to find this guy. I mean, here we are with social media and technology with everything, where everything's at, you know. I mean, we, we have these cell phones right here where, you know, we're just a phone call away from anywhere in the world, you know. And it took this long to find him. That, that to me, is what blows my mind in all this. And the fact he's still alive. Absolutely. And I guess he wanted to get the story out there and set the record straight. From, from what I understand, he's not doing well, but wanted to make sure that his story got told. Heck, a whole book could be written about that entire experience. But I, I think back on that too, Tyler, kind of, I think like you start reading through this and just kind of seeing over the years, the, the story behind this and the short documentaries on YouTube surrounding this, they, they really couldn't deny him the opportunity to race because of the Alabama right to work laws. And at that time it was easier. I mean, Grant, it's hard, right, to, to make it to the professional level racing, but it was easier. There was a, lever, a lower level of entry to be able to run NASCAR races and, and the Alabama right to, to work laws made it tough to, to deny him that spot. And for him to run the race and, and the authorities to be involved and private investigators to not track him down, and I believe statute of limitations on something like that would run out after about seven years anyway. So I think he figures he's got nothing to lose. And I, and I think I remember reading, too, in this whole saga, he feels like if he is owing somebody money, he wants to face them and, and, and set the record straight and, and make things right from recording from the other stuff that I had seen over the last couple of days. So just more layers to this story than, there, than meets the eye. Absolutely. Okay, so if we found him. Now we need to find uh, Steve Bartman, the uh, guy who caught the, uh, the, the foul ball, the, the Cubs playoff game about 20 years ago that went into hiding and the uh, Cubs missed the World Series that year, the, the whole story. Uh, no one's seen him since then. So one sports mystery to another. Let's uh, let's see where things go from there. Uh, Dominic, uh, tell us about a Darlington this weekend. Uh, Darlington, what I think of right away is the impressive job that they did two years ago of when NASCAR was the first sport back after the pandemic and everything shut down. Darlington opened up their doors and said, come on in and put on two great races in three days. And uh, they've been rewarded by it from NASCAR. Second straight year, they get to have two races. And it goes back to what they did back at that, that weekend when they opened up their doors when no one else would. We've talked about this on the show before, but it's always worth revisiting. When you look back, when, when the story of NASCAR gets written and you look at those pivotal moments, the 1979 Daytona 500, CBS, the first flag-to-flag coverage of the 500 and, and the story surrounding that, I look at the Darlington race, May 17th, 2020, not because it's my birthday and NASCAR came back on my birthday, but the fact that this was the first major sport that was back of anybody. NASCAR was the first to roll the dice. Like you said, Darlington opened the doors. 
we had live entertainment on TV for the first time in two and a half months. And they hit it out of the park. All professional sports were watching. And I think 20, 30, 40 years down the road from now, broadcast classes at universities are going to be talking about that event. I think your sports books and sports history and NASCAR history certainly will be talking about that race because there, there was just so much history that went into making that happen and getting the cars back on track and NASCAR on Fox and NASCAR knocking it out of the park. Yeah, Dave, uh, you know, looking back at that, uh, Darlington deserves a lot of credit. And this weekend is a reward for what they did at that time. Yeah, it was uh, the whole world was paying attention and every major sport was paying attention and the procedures and processes that NASCAR took and the Darlington Raceway took, uh, you know, obviously it, it worked. And uh, the world was watching it work, but the weirdest thing was being racing there and no fans being the stands. That was crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but it did get, uh, you know, major league sports going after NASCAR did that. And like Tyler was saying, ran, you know, three state three straight days, put on truck series, Xfinity race, and the cup race. Uh, it was it was amazing. And then the other sports started following after NASCAR did that. So, uh, you know, Darlington's always been special. I think the first NASCAR race ever was in 1949 there at Darlington Raceway. Yeah. I mean, the history there and, and now having a throwback weekends over the last seven, eight, 10 years is just, you know, it's uh, the Southern 500 has always been a spectacle, you know, like the Daytona 500, Southern 500. Uh, but, you know, uh, the, you know, the history of Darlington still continues and I love it because that's tradition and our sport of NASCAR racing. And, and you I, got a throwback car this weekend to uh, your team owner, Bobby Dodder. I do. I've throw, got a throwback to Bobby Dodder. He ran the highest tool cars back in day, probably raced against Bobby for years. I'm I'm sure he's got Bobby Bobby Dodder stories, you know what I mean? But we're, oh, yeah. we're throwing one back to Bobby Dodder this weekend, the highest tools uh, car that he drove back way back when Dave raced with him and against him. Yeah, I remember him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did a little bit of racing. I was just thinking about Darlington. I was, um, I used to take every which road from uh, Charlotte to Darlington on on the way to, you know, go uh, practice there. And I'm I'm running down the back roads, and uh, these guys in this pickup truck, two guys, they blow by me, and I and I'm doing like seventy down the back road, and I take straight away, right? And here goes two guys by me, and and they're. They're door to door. They're cutting with another off. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? It's like, so I I keep up with them. So we pull into Darlington. Who do you think it is? They're learning hot and Kenny Schrader. No. Right? They were racing on the back roads going to Darlington Raceway. And it's like, <laughs> they, they just can't get enough. They couldn't get enough. They were just, uh, you know, they were buddies. So what it a just, cool story, Dave. Yeah, it's just funny. I just, I said, who are these two nut jobs, right? And it was those <laughs> two guys. And they looked at me and they said, hey, what are you doing? It's like, why didn't you get up there with us or something? I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Time for our uh, race picks this week. Uh, Dominic, since uh, you have the, uh, the magic hand, apparently, uh, taking Chase Elliott last week, uh, who's going to be winning on uh, Sunday this week? So I'm batting one for 11 this season. So that would make what, 9% accuracy, but I'm going to ride the momentum anyway. Darlington Raceway this weekend, I say Kevin Harvick gets it done. And Ooh, so you're going to steal his winless streak. Force David to take a different driver since you already oh, took it. 
Nice. Oh, move. Okay. All right. We'll go with the. I'm going to go Kevin Harvick to get it done at Darlington. It's a professional move. Uh, forcing <laughs> David to think of another name. I'm going to go Denny Hamlin this week. Uh, Denny's already been in Victory Lane in uh, 2022. I think he gets his second win of the year. And uh, Toyota showed a lot of speed last week with Kyle Busch. I think Denny gets it done. How about you, David? Man, you know, momentum, you know, after you win a race, like Dave was saying earlier, you know, it seems like the next one comes a little bit easier. You got all that momentum behind you. Uh, man, Chase Elliott's probably on cloud nine still, and uh, their team has a lot of momentum. So I, I think you'll see Chase Elliott back in victory lane. How about you, Dave? Uh, who do you think's going to pull up in a victory lane on a Sunday? Well, I got to go along with Dave. I mean, so, you know, he's you ride that high for a long time especially a place like Darlington, you know, it's uh, that, that's a go-go track. So I, I think he's right. I think Dave's right. All right. So uh, we got two for uh, Chase Elliott, one for uh, Harvick, and uh, one for Denny Hamlin uh, on our picks this week. Our uh, final segment, our Ask David segment, coming up in just one moment. Before we do, let's go racing with David Stowers, presented by Ticket Spotter. Ticket Spotter, Kevin Boards, the primary sponsor this year on David's Ford Mustang. And we want to tell you a little bit about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck race throughout the season. Visit TicketSmarter.com. That's TicketSmarter. Com. All right, uh, time for our Ask Dave segment. Each and every week, we ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, Twitter, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Our first question comes on Twitter from Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe at Doorstop Nation writes, and this one's for, for Dave here. Dave, what was your Sonoma win like, especially beating road course ringers? Um. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I love road courses. Um, I really do. Um, it just and and I didn't think I would like them that much, but when you come down to it, it's like it, it, drag racing um, and circle track racing, but circle track racing both ways. Uh, you got to get just as comfortable with a right-hand turn as you do with a left-hand turn. And and I just love that place out there. Uh, I think I beat um, – I think Skinner was out there. Skinner and Hornaday, I think, were beaten and banging, or was it uh, Sprague? Um, but, no, it just – to end up with a win on a road course was, was incredible. Uh, it, it just – and that place is pretty fast. Uh, and just the top, just, you know, I think that was, was that my second or third win and it, it just super good year for me. And I would just, I, honestly, I was looking forward to the following year and hoping that QVC would come along, even though they didn't, but it was, it was great running that, uh, and talking to Jeff and, um, about it. And it just, I don't know, it's one of the highlights for sure. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is uh, very cool. I've uh, got another question for uh, both you guys. Uh, this one comes from uh, Misty. Misty wants to know, David and David, what is your favorite candy? <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite candy? Yeah. <laughs> really? 
Well, I'm kind of a, a chocolate lover. <laughs> um, but a Reese's cup, probably. And, and, and Reese's, not Reese's. <laughs> yeah, 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 several. Yes. Uh, what, what about you, Dave? Man, you know, my, I love sucking on mints, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, you know, I'm a tic-tac guy. You know, if you know me well enough, you know, I'm always chewing up, sucking on orange tic-tacs, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it, you consider that candy, but that's my candy, you know what I mean? So, uh, I don't eat too much candy. My favorite my favorite sweets, I guess, would be ice cream and, oh, and, and Tic Tacs, you know, so that's that's kind of my, my thing when it comes to candy. <laughs> what about you, Dollar? Just got to go Snickers bar. You can never go wrong eating a Snickers in the morning. Good for breakfast if you're really <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> I've done that maybe a time or three as a high school student. But, yeah, I enjoy eating a Snickers bar every so yeah, often. I, now, Dominic, as a teacher, do you uh, do you give extra credit if somebody bring you a Snickers bar? <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? I'll make that a challenge. If any of y'all students are listening, bring me a Snickers bar. I'll give you some extra credit. How about that? Man, I wish that worked for me back in high school because I needed it. Bring <laughs> <laughs> Snickers every day. Absolutely. How about you, Tyler? Do you have a favorite candy? Yeah, I'm a Butterfinger guy. I really like uh, Butterfingers. Uh, I try to wait and stay away from chocolate though because it's it's so you know sweet and you know addicting and such. But if uh, if I'm not eating a Butterfinger, uh, I'll, I'll go with some Skittles. You know, I was just covering the NFL draft in our office was just has been just loaded with candy because they're trying to give us sweets so we'd stay energized and sets to get through the draft and we're still eating on skittles and all that junk and such and i think i'm still on a sugar rush right now <laughs> nonetheless uh, guys uh before we go uh I, I, there is a announcement to make uh here on the show uh as uh we are uh, pleased to uh, officially uh, welcome a new member to the Star family. As Dominic, uh, you are officially engaged. I am officially engaged, yes. You guys have met Felice here on the show. She's been on from time to time. She's asked some questions during the Ask David segment. Yeah, we've been seeing each other for about a year, and I popped the question a couple of weeks ago, and she said yes, guys. So we've got a wedding date in October. We're getting everything done through the Catholic Church. We're trying to get all our ducks in a row with all that. So wedding is set for October. Y'all are invited. Dude, that's, that's man, Don, man, Tyler, Dominic, he don't mess around, does he? No. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't be more happy for y'all, man. Y'all are uh, great people, beautiful couple, and, uh, man, congratulations to you, dude. We're, uh, we're just so, uh, so happy for you. It's only awesome. a matter of time. You call her what, Mrs. Dominic? Mrs. Dominic, absolutely. Yeah, you and Kim call her Mrs. Dominic. We got a kick out of that. We love that. That nickname's kind of stuck a little bit. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Uh, certainly happy for you, and uh, that's uh, great to see. And I'm looking forward to uh, being there. Even if you're making me miss the Homestead race, canceling my trip to Miami, I'll be out there. Oh, shame on me for doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get married during racing or football season. That's, that's <laughs> you realize that leaves like a two-week window in February then by that logic, right? Exactly. That's when you get it done. That's when you're supposed to get it done. Hey, Dom, Dom, what a friend, huh? I know, he's, he's a true friend. I, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what, he's, he's pretty all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty all right, yes. Uh, <laughs> before we go, well, let's go around the room real quick. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Well, thanks for joining us, man. What's uh, going on with you these uh, next couple of days? And where can people follow you or, or find what you're up to, man? 
Ah, next couple of days. Um, who knows? I feel like I'm a fireman. <laughs> I feel like I'm a fireman at work. Uh, you get the call, you got to go, you know. Um, Are you always putting out a lot of fires, Dick? Well, yeah, I try. Uh, I get them, I've got a one of my head mechanics is on two weeks leave, right? So what am I doing? I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm keeping all the equipment going. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't mind. I like working on stuff. I just wish my phone wouldn't ring as much. Um, but uh, honestly, uh, I'm looking at uh, real soon, just having a, a shop of my own and building some hot rods. I really want to build some rat rods and, and, you know, I really enjoyed hanging bodies when I, I worked on my own stuff because I put a lot of bodies on, um, whether it was a truck body or a bush body. Um, I like working with my hands. And, and before uh, I can't work with them, in another 20 years or so, when they start to get a little bit sore, I, I, I want to do something now. Um, so I get that in my head. So maybe the next time I talk to you, I'll have a place and I'll be building a rat rod. And, well, uh, hey, don't 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 give us the address, Dave, because me we'll all be up there hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, good deal. I'm gonna come up with some pretty trick stuff, I think. So yeah, whenever you guys are up here, make sure you call. No, no uh, doubt about I'll be up that way in a few weeks. Look forward to hitting you up when we're up there. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. That'd be great. And, so, and uh, congratulations, Dominic. Congratulations. Appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, you'll get to meet her here in a few weeks then. Yes. Awesome. She's gonna be taking that trip out east with me. Awesome. Dominic, uh, besides uh, preparing for a wedding and all that for the next few months, uh, what's going on with you and the uh, racing experts this week? Sure. So with, with some of the different roles, right, just continuing on to cover the sport remotely, Jonathan Fields is doing a good job of making sure our, our site is up to date with the news. I always give him a shout out because he does a hell of a job. John, I know you're listening. We appreciate all the work you do, and it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. That's for my day job here in Grants, working with the school. I sponsor the junior class at the high school, so we're putting on prom this weekend. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be chaperoning that. And, yeah, be Felice and I will be working that and just continuing to, to finish up the final touches on Jeff's book. And, and I think we're going to have Jeff on here in a few weeks to talk more about that. And, and Dave gave a great interview for it a few weeks back. So we're looking forward to, to really spilling the beans on it here in a few weeks. Definitely a lot of good things to keep me busy personally and professionally, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We need to get you and Kim out to prom. Absolutely. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be chaperoning those boys. Uh, 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 David, what's going on with, uh, with you here as you get ready for Dortmund? Man, just, uh, you know, uh, now that I own the Team Texas High Performance or, or NASCAR Racing School at the Texas Motor Speedway, that keeps me uh, that keeps me busy. Just uh, a couple of days of more work at the shop, working on some of our school race cars. Uh, getting ready for Darlington, uh, our throwback weekend, always a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm excited about the big race weekend this weekend, but I uh, got a lot of things to do before I can even get on the airplane and head back over to, uh, to Darlington. Uh, but, uh, but man, just uh, getting our racing school cars ready for our next racing school at the Texas Motor Speedway and, uh, and looking forward to racing this weekend. Well, uh... It is a Mother's Day weekend, and uh, since these guys forgot and didn't say anything, I'll say it on their behalf. Oh, you're right. That's my bad. All yes, the moms yes. out there, <laughs> and all of our moms, we love you and appreciate you, all of our significant others, and such. We are certainly thinking of you and thankful for you as well. So I uh, hope everybody has a great Mother's Day weekend, and uh, I'll be 
seeing my mom this weekend. Uh, so she'll be pleased with that. And uh, it'll be a great time. So we got to go. We'll put the checkered flag out on this episode. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out each and every Wednesday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit that like button and uh, subscribe to that channel. Turn on the notifications on YouTube as well so you never miss an episode of Let's Go Racing. We are on Twitter at Star Podcast, facebook.com slash David Star Podcast, and you can reach us by email, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. Dominic, real quick. Yeah, so, hey, we know you guys are making it to the end of the episode. We always appreciate it. Like Tyler says, you give us that review on Apple. Give us that five stars if you can. Let us know. Shoot us an email at davidstarpodcast at gmail.com showing us you left this review. We will send you an autographed David Star photo while supplies last. Take a screenshot of the uh, review. Yes, take a screenshot of the review. Send that into us. Again, that's davidstarpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get you your autograph photo along with your address, your best mailing address. Again, we will do this as supplies last. Yes, uh, great deal there. We got to go. Uh, Dave, appreciate you joining us, man. We'll talk in down the line. We'll uh, see you all right back here next week. David Starr, Dominic Argon, and our entire crypto. Don't think so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing.